Hey, I'm Stephen Povatter, the lead minister at Central Church of Christ in Little Rock, Arkansas. Our goal as a church is to follow Jesus together. So we gather on Sunday mornings for Bible study at 9 a.m. and worship at 10:15 a.m. And you'd always be welcome to join us. To learn more, go to arcentralchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon. We're in the book of Acts, and that's where we are at work right now. We are studying uh, Acts in our classes as well. And if you were in Bible class this morning, your class probably studied Acts chapter 3, which is a story in which Peter and John, two of Jesus' disciples, find themselves doing a very Jesus-like thing. They are on their way to the temple for worship. They encounter a person who was born without, uh, he's born lame. He's not able to walk throughout his life. And as they encounter him there begging at the temple, asking for money, they, uh, they, they look at him. They ask him to look back at them. And Peter says, I don't have silver and I don't have gold, but what I do have, I give to you. And he says, in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. And this guy does a lot more than that. He stands up and he walks, but he goes with them into the temple and he's, he's, he's dancing and he's leaping and he's celebrating in joy because he's been healed in the name of Jesus. And that's all the story that we did in chapter 3 in our classes this morning. But that story continues in chapter 4 of Acts. And that's really where I want us uh, to spend our time here in worship today. So if you would, uh, turn to Acts chapter 4. And I'd like us to read uh, this story here um, in just a second. But I want to go ahead and tip my hand about what we're going to be looking at in this story. Because as we read it, I want you to to kind of highlight this part. Our focus today is going to be about the name of Jesus and the role that the, the name of Jesus plays in this story. Now, like I said, when they heal him earlier, Peter's exact words are, I have no silver or gold, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And that may strike us as incidental that he says in the name, but I want you to listen to the aftermath of this story and hear that theme repeat. So chapter 4 of Acts, beginning in the first verse, reads like this. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came to them, much annoyed, because they were teaching the people and proclaiming that in Jesus there is resurrection of the dead. And so they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who heard the word believed, and they numbered about 5,000. The next day their rulers and elders and scribes assembled in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had made the prisoners stand in their midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? And then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are questioned today because of a good deed, 
done to someone who was sick and are asked how this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that this man is standing before you in good health by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders. It has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name, no other name under heaven given among mortals by which we must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and recognized they were uneducated and ordinary men, they were amazed and recognized them as companions of Jesus. When they saw the man who had been cured standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. And so they ordered them to leave the council while they discussed the matter with one another. And they said, what will we do with them? For it is obvious to all who live in Jerusalem that a notable sign has been done through them. We cannot deny it. But to keep it from spreading further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this what? This name. So they called them and ordered them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered, answered them, Whether it is right in God's sight to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot keep from speaking about what we have seen and heard. After threatening them again, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. For all of them praised God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing had been performed was more than 40 years old. Today's sermon is pretty simple. I want to speak from this passage and from my own experience and maybe along with yours. And I want to just say that I think it is important for us to learn the practice and the discipline of speaking the name of Jesus. So speaking in, through, by the name, and of just saying the name of Jesus. And that's really it. When I think about what marks us off in the world, what makes us different, and what we go with into places like schools, I think what ultimately must become different about us is that we learn to act, yes, but also to speak in the name of Jesus. It's so fundamental to this story, isn't it, right? I mean, did you hear that repetition of that, that concept? That is, they, they speak it in the name of Jesus when they heal him. When they're confronted, they say, why, what power? This was done in the name of Jesus. And then when they're talking about it later, when the rulers are talking about it or what they're going to do, they say, we've got to figure out how to keep them from speaking about the name of Jesus. Over and over again, that's the rug, right? That's the place. 
I got to tell you, and this is such a weird thing, that it is absolutely an occupational hazard that when you are a minister, you have to face the weirdness of telling people what you do for a living. It's weird. I saw Max Lucado telling a story the other day about how when he travels and people ask him what he does, he has to make a decision. And he can either tell them that he's a writer or he's a pastor. And he said, if I want to talk, I tell them I'm a writer. If I want silence, I tell them I'm a pastor. And it is kind of weird sometimes. And I think all of us are faced not with shame, and I don't even think we would even be so aware to call it embarrassment. But I think all of us have some kind of awareness that we have to be careful about the way that we identify ourselves as Jesus' people in the world. And we don't want to stomp on people's toes, and we don't want to be too weird, maybe a little weird, but not too weird. And we know that people say all kinds of crazy things about the church, and people have all kinds of impressions and assumptions, And sometimes it's just easier not to say anything. Is that just me? I don't think it's just me. Several years ago, I was confronted by myself, and I know, nobody challenged me on this, but I, I started thinking about this, and I, and I was thinking about it with this passage. I, I, pretty sure. And I started thinking about how few times outside of the, you know, being in the walls of a church building, how few times I would talk about Jesus. I might talk about going to church, I might talk about church activity, but like in terms of actually naming Jesus. And I, I just had some conviction that I had to start doing that differently. And I started looking for opportunities and spaces in which I could say Literally, this sounds may sound silly to you, but it's literally about saying the name of Jesus, speaking about the Lord. I thought about this in different ways. I, I, I don't know if there's a formula here. I know there are ways that you can take this, uh, you know, and, and it can become something that's weird and, and, and off-putting to people. But I started thinking through the practicalities of what it means to be a person who lives in the world with the name of Jesus on my lips. And I think there are a lot more spaces for that. I want to share with you some of the ways that I think we can do that, right? 
the, the first one is we can say, we can acknowledge when we're in the experience of something that's good, and we can just speak gratitude in the name of Jesus. We can say, I'm grateful to Jesus for this cheeseburger or whatever. Yeah. I'm grateful for Jesus. I'm grateful to Jesus that we have this moment together. You can say that to somebody, right? A way of calling attention to the reality that it's Jesus who is the giver, the Jesus who pours meaning and fullness into our lives. One of the most common one is a form of, of something that I've I've learned to say in that all those those spaces where people are in need of help and and they're they're sharing something that's difficult for for them and so just putting in, into the language of blessing and say may the lord be with you to me is a way of saying jesus is present in this trouble jesus is present in this space may the lord jesus be the solution that you need in this space that's a meaningful way of calling reality, uh, calling to the reality of Jesus' presence with you. Or maybe saying this, this is kind of using the same formula that Peter and John use. What about when you're speaking to somebody about what they mean to you, saying this, saying it this way, in the name of Jesus, I love you. In the name of Jesus, because of my conviction of who he is, because of what I received from it, my heart is with you. I, I love you. I want you to just let your imagine roll over these for a minute. These three little ways. I want you to think about what it what it means to start interrupting the way that we speak with people. To start in, introducing that that one little break that says it's important for me to call attention to the name of Jesus in this place. It may be that there are people that are thinking about decisions or that you're talking about uh, something that's going on. You may something, say something like these, these next three. You may say something like, Jesus teaches this. Or, I wonder what Jesus would say about this. Or, as a Jesus follower, I think this because of something that I remember that Jesus teaches and I want you to think about, see these three? I want you to think about how different it is to say that than to just share your opinion about something, right? Than to just say what it is that is your idea. And it's not that I can take the exact same thing that I, would nor I, I might say as my opinion or my idea or my assumptions or my feelings when I say it this way, I have to stop and think, is what I think feel, is it aligned with what Jesus teaches and says? Introducing the name of Jesus into my speech, whether we're thinking about the experiences that are good or the experiences that are hard or the challenging questions that we're facing in our day, whether that's in our just regular life or larger things in our culture, in our world, I think having that space where I stop and I frame that in the name of Jesus. Make, make myself, despite the weirdness and embarrassment, 
make myself call to the name of Jesus in my conversation. I think all of that is part of what it means to be a person who carries the name of Jesus on my lips. I think it is a very important discipline and we have not practiced it enough. I noticed that in all of this, that I find it easiest to talk about Jesus in the past and in the future. That I find it very easy to think about the things that Jesus did, and I find it pretty easy and comfortable to talk about the things that Jesus will do in the distant future. But what was challenging for me is learning to speak the name of Jesus in the present. The present. In this story with Peter and John in Acts, the stories of the way that Jesus himself interacted with people who could not walk and who were lame had been well documented, and Jesus, Peter and John had been present. They had the experience of being with Jesus in houses where people were lowered down through the roof because they couldn't walk, and their friends were bold enough to take them into the community and say, he needs a blessing, right? And they had been with Jesus when Jesus had said, take up your mat and walk, right? They had had the experience of Jesus in the past. And the story also tells us, and you may have had a moment in your class this morning where you came apart that part where they think about what's coming in the future, right? And Peter and John, they, they tell the people that there's going to come a time. They, they say, pray to Jesus, Pray so that times of refreshing will come until, because Jesus is the one that is going to bring about the time. And it says this, universal restoration. So they had a vision about what Jesus is going to do in the future. They have certainty about the past. They have an imagination and a hope for the future. But what made a difference to the man at the gate of the temple is that they were willing to speak about the name of Jesus in the present. They were willing to say, I believe that Jesus' name matters right now for this person standing in front of me. As people who are following Jesus together, let us learn from the past. Let us look to the future. But may we be people with the boldness to bear witness in the presence. To speak in the day in and day out of preschool and grad school and work and the neighborhood. And in all those spaces, be able to speak about what Jesus is at work doing there. 
And maybe we can say it with all confidence sometimes and say, this is Jesus at work. And sometimes maybe we have to use that very important theological word, perhaps, and say, maybe it is that Jesus. And sometimes we come with ideas of the certainty of things that Jesus has taught us. And sometimes we bring our own questions to the table and we say, hey, I wonder what Jesus is trying to teach me here in this moment. But let us share what we have learned with boldness. Let us share what we are still learning with the same boldness. And let us work under the assumption and the conviction that Jesus is still at work among us now. Isn't it so? Church, isn't it so? after they were released they went to their friends to the brothers sisters and reported what the chief priest and the elders had said to them when they heard it they raised their voices together to god and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, it is you who said by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant. Why do the Gentiles rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand. The rulers have gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. For in this city, in fact, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, now, look at their threats. And grant to your servants to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. One of my favorite prayers in Scripture, by the way, this prayer in Acts chapter 4. Notice the response to this prayer. They pray for boldness, right? When they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember last week we talked about that word all, right? Not just Peter and John who were filled with the Holy Spirit here. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. I want us to end this, this time together with this prayer. We started with a prayer of blessing for those in need today and for those especially who are on their way back to school. I want us to end this sermon space 
with a same sim, same prayer as these apostles are, and, the, and the disciples in the early church are praying. Because whether you're going to all those school places or not, I want us to go wherever it is that we go with the boldness to speak the word of God and to speak the name of Jesus. Family. Let's pray together. O Lord, our God, together with your Son and with the Holy Spirit, it was you who, just as you spoke to David, spoke these words through Peter and John, through the book of Acts, It is you who have said these things. And today in this space, you are the one who has said something to each of us, to us together. We are challenged by the boldness of your people in this story. O Lord God, together with your people around the world, through time, we speak for our moment here and in our city, and we pray that you would fill us with boldness, that we may speak of your Son, Jesus, and of your word and of your work in the world, both in the ages past, in the age to come, and in our present age. We pray that you would allow us to be people who live by the name of Jesus and who speak his name. Father God, would you use your gathered and sent people to be witnesses for your work in the world in Jesus the Son. In his name we pray. Amen.